Welcome to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider on the Talk North Network. Listen to our show on talknorth.com or your favorite podcast app. This is Jeff Diamond, former Vikings GM, former Tennessee Titans president. Our producer is Brandon Morton, does a great job putting our show together. And Jim Suhan is off today. We'll be back next week after the Vikings-Bears Monday night game at U.S. Bank Stadium, and we will break down that game as the Vikings head into their bye week. The Vikings, of course, coming off a disappointing Sunday night national TV primetime loss to the Denver Broncos, and their old nemesis, Russell Wilson, now 8-1 and record against the Vikings, 7-1 and with the Seahawks, 1-0 and with the Broncos. The Vikings, for much of the game, played well enough to win. And Josh Dobbs, the defense, playing very well, except for three turnovers that really ultimately turned the tide in the game. But the Vikings looked like they were even going to overcome that against Denver. But ultimately, a little bit of conservative play calling at the end and at the end of the first half by Kevin O'Connell especially when they got to the Denver 48-yard line, had a 10-6 to lead late in the first half. Kevin uncharacteristically did not go for it on fourth and one, punted the ball, gave Russell Wilson a chance to drive for a last field goal. I thought in that situation he should have gone for it, take a chance to up the lead, not give Wilson back the ball. The same thing kind of happened at the end of the game. The Vikings were up 17-15 in the fourth quarter. First and 10 at the Denver 12, 448 left. They're driving, had run it very well on the game, but unfortunately decided to, to run twice for no, no gain on first and second down, and then an incompletion by Dobbs under pressure, as he was much of the night, gave Wilson a chance to do what he's often done to the Vikings, which is lead a, a late game-winning drive. The Vikings got the ball back at the end, and the, again, the pass protection broke down. There was the intentional grounding call against Dobbs when Garrett Bradbury, the center, was was knocked backwards in, into Dobbs, and Dobbs had to uh, had to let go of, of, of the ball with nobody in the vicinity, got called for intentional grounding, set up fourth and 25, and, and that was it for the Vikings five-game winning streak. Now we'll have to try to start a new winning streak, and Denver won their fourth straight to climb back to 5-5. Five and five. Vikings 6-5 and five on the season, still in good shape. A one-and-a-half game lead for the final NFC wildcard spot, but they did drop two-and-a-half games behind Detroit in the NFC North, which is problematic as they are trying to stay close to the Lions before they play them twice in the last three weeks. But again, the, the three giveaways and no takeaways by the Vikings made that particular loss come to pass. And meanwhile, the Bears, the Vikings' next opponent, had a great opportunity to knock off the Lions in Detroit, held a 26-14 to lead, 
or 23 to 14, yeah, 26, 14 lead with four minutes to go before Detroit rallies. And again, a case similar to the Vikings where far too conservative play calling by the Bears did them in in this game. Uh, they're up 23-14, and I was listening to that game thinking, as I'm sure the Vikings brass did and many Viking fans are thinking, wow, if the Bears can upset the Lions in Detroit combined with the Vikings winning on Sunday night in Denver, the Vikings could have been one half game behind the Lions with with uh, with their six games to go. And unfortunately for the Vikings, both of those games went the opposite direction with Detroit coming back to win and the Vikings losing on Sunday night. Now they're two and a half games back. But again, in decent shape for, for a wild card spot. And looking at Seattle's uh, schedule, and the Seahawks are right ahead of them in the standings for the second wild card spot. Vikings only a half game back of Seattle, but Seattle's got a very difficult schedule ahead, and they lost to the Rams. That was a costly loss for them last Sunday. I think other reactions to the game, from my standpoint, the Vikings must, must finish better than they did in Denver. The last four drives ended fumble, interception, field goal, turnover on downs while Denver finished field goal, field goal touchdown. Hard to blame the defense until the last drive. They had played really well despite the three turnovers, holding the Broncos to nine points on those three turnovers, all field goals. Again, ball security, Kevin O'Connell talking about that this week in his media sessions that they're going to harp on ball security once again, as they did early in the season when they were 0-3 and had all the turnovers. The, the the biggest uh, turnover for the Vikings was by Alexander Madison, third quarter fumble. The Vikings were at the Denver 34 with an eight-point lead, 254-252 left in the third quarter. A touchdown or a field goal makes it a two-score lead for the Vikings. But Madison coughs it up uh, for the second time this year. He's had drop passes too. And the the Seahawks or the the Broncos then drove to to another field goal, got within one score, and again set up the the bad end of the game. The Vikings had a hard time handling the Denver blitz in this game. Denver pressured Dobbs on fifty eight percent of his dropbacks. It's the NFL's fifth highest rate this season, and certainly Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs and the Vikings offensive line and pass protectors can expect to see more blitzing from the Bears this week and going forward after teams start studying that tape of what the Broncos were able to accomplish in the game. Meanwhile, as we said, Dobbs battled hard, made a lot of big plays. I thought his accuracy was not quite as good as in in the previous two games. He did scramble on a great 10-yard touchdown pass, touchdown run to put the Vikings ahead by eight in the third quarter, but he only had 21 yards rushing in the game on eight carries. Uh, he admitted that he did not make a couple of good throws to Hawkinson at the end on the final drive that were broken up. But again, the intentional grounding call w- was not his fault, definitely. Neither was the interception when Ty Chandler, who I think should be the starting running back, it, it's clear to me and I think to, to most observers that Chandler is much more explosive, much more instinctive as a runner compared to Madison, and he hangs onto the ball better than Madison. But Madison was in for 48 offensive snaps compared to 23 for Chandler. 
Chandler rushed for 73 yards, including the the great fake punt play. But again, that two to one ratio in favor of Madison needs to be reversed in Chandler's favor. Uh, Chandler needs to improve his pass protection on the interception. He, he had he he was kind of couldn't sustain his block, and that created the Dobbs arm getting hit, which resulted in in the interception in the game. So those are things to work on for the Vikings, certainly as they go forward and, and in pass protection. Defensively, I, I think that the loss of Jordan Hicks did show up in terms of him going on IR with that shin problem. He, I think, was missed in coverage, especially on the last Denver drive when when Samaji Pirine caught four passes for 40 yards. Ivan Pace Jr., uh, the defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, talked about Pace and said he, he did a good job uh, handling what they call the green dot. For a rookie undrafted player to, to be the guy calling the signals on defense, uh, pretty pretty uh, unexpected, shall we say, before the season. But he's done a good job. Pace had nine tackles in the game, but did have a problem in pass protection on the game. It was not his fault when Cortland Sutton caught the fourth and three pass because he should not have been in coverage on a the best receiver for Denver in that situation. And then, of course, at the end of the game, Makai Blackman, who was replacing uh, Caleb Evans in the game, he really kind of mistimes his jump, doesn't play it well against Sutton, even though Sutton's a bigger guy. But but certainly Blackman's got to be in better position in that situation and perhaps maybe get a little more help from Josh Metellus, the safety coming over. And even if Sutton is allowed to catch the ball, drive him out of bounds, get his legs low and carry him out of bounds, whatever you have to do so he can't get his feet down. And as Flores talked about this week, Blackman will learn from that. I still think he's a the more talented player compared to a Caleb Evans. But again, as we've talked about, those injuries, they're showing up a little bit more. The Vikings had that five-game winning streak, and they were over to come Justin Jefferson's absence won the first five games when he was gone. But in this Denver game, the wide receivers were not as impactful. So Jefferson definitely missed. The the question now is, will he play on Monday night against the Bears? Kevin O'Connell, noncommittal on that, and and just said, we'll see how it goes this week. If you read between the lines, it just sounds like they may well hold him out again with the bye week next week, and then he'll have two more weeks to recover before they, they go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders and start the last five-game stretch. But perhaps J.J. will make his return on Monday Night Football primetime. We'll see what happens with that. But I think the Vikings have to make a little bit more of a concerted effort, get the ball to the wide receivers. You can see the teams are kind of trying to to double Hawkinson a lot. He, he's been such a huge part of the offense, whether it was with Kirk Cousins or now with Josh Dobbs, ranks third in the league in receptions, and teams certainly recognize that. So we shall see how how that turns out with Jefferson and when, when he does return. Hicks is out for three more weeks. Marcus Davenport is another guy who has been missing for several weeks on injured reserve with an ankle injury. 
if and when he can return. And we know he's very injury prone, but when he was in there earlier this season for the three games that he played significant snaps, he, he did have two sacks. He added to the pass rush. He added to, to what's already a strong run defense. And I think he can definitely help the cause. So we'll see how the Vikings bounce back this coming Monday night with their matchup with the Bears. Thinking back to the Bears-Vikings game six weeks ago in Chicago, week six, the Vikings won 19-13. to The offense struggled, only 220 yards rushing in that game, or 220 yards total offense, 46 yards rushing. The Vikings did force three turnovers. Daniil Hunter on a sack knocked Justin Fields out of the game, and and Tyson Bajan came in through uh, a late interception to Byron Murphy that sealed the game, and also Bajan was sacked by Josh Metellus, uh, a scoop and score by Hicks, and that kind of set the Vikings off on their five-game winning streak. But it's not going to be easy against Chicago, and, and the Bears will come in with some confidence after playing Detroit so tough. So before we talk a little bit more about Vikings bears and, and look at some of the stats and break it down and what's going on around the NFL heading into Thanksgiving week, of course, several big games coming up as we record here on Wednesday, big games on Thursday, especially green Bay at, at Detroit that, that the Vikings will be keeping their eye on. But let's talk about our great sponsor, white bear Lake, Superstore, the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You will find fall savings, $2,750 purchase allowance, plus $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash. And 0.9% APR on 2023 GMC era, 1500 elevation, 1.9% APR and up to $1,250 purchase allowance on 2023 Buick SUV models with no monthly payments until 2024 for Encore GX, Envision, and Enclave. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is a Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And let's also thank our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. 
So as we look ahead, Vikings and Bears, great rivalry, NFC North, this coming Monday night, national TV audience, prime time. We don't have to hear about Kirk Cousins' prime time record because Josh Dobbs is, is carrying the torch this week at the helm as the quarterback. He now has a 2-1 and one record. As a starter, this will be his second home game after beating the Saints in his home debut for the Vikings two weeks ago. It's a big game for the Vikings to rebound to get to 7-5, and five, as we said, which will put them on a good path to the playoffs, and, and we'll see how that shakes out. Looking at the Bears, as I said in their last game, they came up with those four turnovers of the Lions, but they only turned them into 10 points. And, and that ultimately was part of the problem, along with very conservative play calling at the end of the game. I, th- I thought a, a huge misplay by the Lions coaches. Justin Fields has a 29-yard run on third and 14 late in the game, sets them up deep in Lions territory, and they go run, 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 and, and ultimately kick a field goal, puts them up 12. But they had a chance to get into a three-score lead if they continued to drive the ball. Detroit's on their heels at that point. Big, big mistake by the Bears. As we said, similar to the Vikings, getting a little too conservative at, at various times in the game in Denver. Chicago comes in 20th ranked on offense, but they have the number four rushing attack in the league largely because of Justin Fields, even though he did miss four games after that last Vikings game when he was knocked out of the game and ended up on IR with a thumb injury after the sack by Hunter. But Fields had 104 yards rushing in Detroit on 18 carries, and we can certainly expect that he'll get the ball a lot to carry the ball and throw the ball. He had a a great long touchdown pass to DJ Moore, very dangerous receiver. Darnell Moody, another dangerous receiver. Cole Komet, an excellent tight end. The Bears' offensive line is playing better defensively. They made the trade for Montez Sweat. He had a sack in Detroit, and he's helped their pass rush. The Bears, similar to the Vikings, both teams have minus six turnover ratios that have been problematic for the teams this year. And so we shall see how it all turns out for, for the Vikings offensively. They're They're the number three passing offense in the league, number 10 overall. Defensively, one of the huge improvements in this team this year, of course, Brian Flores' defense really had Russell Wilson and Denver discombobulated for much of the game, as they did with the Bears in Chicago with with Fields. And certainly that, that kind of approach for Flores to be putting a lot of pressure on running guys in and out of the front seven on defense. We'll see a lot more of that as he tries to confuse still a young quarterback in Justin Fields in this game. Uh, The Vikings defense now ranks 13th in the league, number seven in rushing. So that creates that big matchup against the number four Chicago rushing attack. Vikings have 29 sacks on the season. Justin Fields has been sacked a lot, uh, 32 times this year. I think the crowd noise can make a big impact as it did, usually does at U.S. Bank Stadium as it did in the Saints game. If certainly the Vikings can get the pressure on fields and then keep them in the pocket, it's going to be a 
certainly a big responsibility for Ivan Pace Jr., again, the young linebacker, and with help from the safeties, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus, and whoever's starting at the other linebacker spot. We've been waiting to see Brian Osamoa, the third-round pick last year. He's been battling injuries all year long and did not suit up last week. We'll see if he's back. Troy Dye played a lot in place of him. Anthony Barr, who they signed last week, the the four-time Pro Bowler in Minnesota, was in for several snaps and and looked okay uh, in a couple pressures. So perhaps Anthony gets more opportunities in this game with his veteran presence to help the young linebackers in pace, Asamoa and and die. Should be an exciting atmosphere. Daniil Hunter is going to be a key guy, as always, to try to put pressure on fields as he did in the last game. And so we will see how that turns out. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on around around the NFL as we look ahead uh, and look back at last week. Uh, Jordan Love picked on the Chargers' league-worst pass defense, 322 yards, two touchdowns. The Packers win 23-20, moving to the fringe, shall we say, of playoff contention at 4-6. and six. The Browns had a big win over the Ravens, uh, in, in or, or a big win over the Steelers to move within a half a game of the Ravens. But with Deshaun Watson out for the season, it, it creates a problem for them. Dorian Thompson-Robinson got his first win, but it was really the defense that won that game. It's just a tough year for quarterbacks in general, as we've seen Kirk Cousins goes down, Aaron Rodgers goes down, Joe Burrow with the wrist injury, Deshaun Watson with the shoulder injury, Daniel Jones, ACL. Oh, so many quarterbacks have been hurt this season, starting quarterbacks. And the AFC North, especially hard hit with, with Watson and Burrow being lost for the season. It, it kind of brings to mind for me how important that number two quarterback is. And we've talked about that often, thinking back in, in Vikings history, that I learned early on how important that number two quarterback is when I saw Bob Lee back in 1977, early, very early in my career, Brandon, when I saw Bob Lee step in for Fran Park Targan after he broke his leg in week nine, ended up taking us to the division title all the way to the NFC title game where, where we, we lost in Dallas, but Bob Lee won a playoff game in LA against the Rams. And 10 years later it was Wade Wilson relieving injured Tommy Kramer, getting on that great playoff run where we beat the saints and 49ers on the road, lost, to Washington on the final play. And then 1998, I had signed Randall Cunningham to to back up Brad Johnson. Randall, of course, had been a Pro Bowl quarterback in Philadelphia. And and he ends up being the MVP in the league. We go 15-1 and and again get to the NFC Championship game. A year later, I was in Tennessee. We fortunately had Neil O'Donnell as our number two quarterback. He'd been a, a Super Bowl quarterback in Pittsburgh. He was backing up Steve McNair. McNair hurts his back. He's out for five weeks. And O'Donnell goes 4-1 as the starter, kept us in there, and, and we ended up uh, going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl with the Titans back in 1999. So that number two quarterback for some of these teams and these GMs that, that don't prioritize it, it's a huge mistake. And we'll see 
former Viking Jake Browning is going to get the start for the Bengals this week. And well, I, I just, it's hard to see him in his first start going and, and beating the Steelers. We'll see how that works out for the Bengals as they try to hang in the playoff race. And they're, and they're sitting now at five and five. So the Bengals are certainly in big trouble. Buffalo is another team trying to hang on. They did pound the Jets, but now they have a tough matchup in Philadelphia. Buffalo six and five trying to keep their shaky playoff hopes alive this week. The Thanksgiving games, as we mentioned, Green Bay at Detroit. If, if the Lions play as poorly as they did for three quarters against the Bears, the Packers can, can knock off the Lions. But I, I expect Detroit to be amped up for this game, and it's a short travel week for Green Bay. Tough tasks to go into Detroit and knock them off. The night game, San Francisco at Seattle for, for the NFC West lead, the, four, the 49ers 7-3, and three, Seahawks 6-4. and four. Other big games this weekend, 7-3 uh, and three, Jacksonville is at Hot Houston, who is 6-4 behind surefire offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. Texans are playing great. Texans beat the, the Jaguars 37-17 in week three in Jacksonville. I think Houston's going to pull off the sweep because they're just playing so well. But that certainly could go the other direction if Trevor Lawrence has a, has a good day against the Texans. And New Orleans travels to Atlanta with first place on the line in the not-so-great NFC South. The Saints are 5-5, five and five, the Falcons 4-6. and six. Cleveland at Denver, two hot teams. Again, seven and three Cleveland, five and five Denver. I think the I think the Broncos continue their winning ways uh, against Dorian Thompson Robinson in this game. But certainly, R- Russell Wilson will be on the run against that number one Cleveland defense. So it should be a really exciting Week Twelve in the NFL, and the Vikings Bears Monday Nighter will round it out, and we will be back next week to talk about the Vikings and Bears. Jim Suham will be back to join us again. And we want to thank everybody uh, for joining us this, this week on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider on the Talk North Network. Thank our great sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving, safe and happy holiday. And, and thanks for listening. Everybody have a great week.